what's up what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of the o johnson podcast where i am your host orlando j and we have miss v in the building today thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode we're happy to have you guys i have a special special guest in the building today and i'm really honored to have her on the show um i'm really really honored to have her on the show i'm a big fan of her work and i can't wait to actually introduce her and bring her on the screen uh for you for you guys who have been following us and you've been looking at the uh all of the the flyers and different things like that you know who's coming in uh so yeah it's gonna be a good one today so we are in our seven part series called the 120 day rule and for those of you who do not know what the 120 day rule is you're gonna have to go back and watch the past episode i'm just gonna be honest with you i'm just not gonna you know explain no i'm just kidding guys so yeah so the 120 day rule essentially is laying out somewhat of a i guess you can call it a blueprint right of our experiences in being in a relationship and getting married and being friends uh along with people that we bring into the show to share their experiences based on what they do in life or whether they're in relationships or or in their profession uh so they're going to share their experiences as well as well and we're going to try to come up with some basic fundamental principles to help people navigate uh their relationships and uh in their dating life which you guys know me i don't like using that word dating that word dating is weird to me but it's fine uh we'll say dating for the context right so v how are you doing today i'm doing well how are you i'm doing great i'm alive i'm here um i uh i'm blessed are you blessed i'm blessed Mm -hmm. you blast okay i am (laughs) blessed and i am hectic today was a hectic day but it's settling down now Nevertheless, we made it. We uh, did. We're about to get ready. Well, technically, Monday, Sunday is the start of the week, technically, right. right? So, yeah, so it is the start of the week, and we're bringing you another episode. But you guys know how I do here. I like to talk about my sponsors. So let me go ahead and jump right into it. Everybody, if you're listening to this via podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening to it, go to www.blackexperienceclothing.com and check out the apparel that they have lined up for you guys. If you're into HBCUs, they have sweaties, uh, what do you say, wife beaters or white beaters? Both are just terrible. Okay, yeah, I agree. So undershirts. They have undershirts, um, all types of shirts, longs, shorts, uh, you name it, they have it. And it's it's basically in representation of wholeness, balance, uh, and spiritual upliftment for people of color. Uh, as you guys know, we have some craziness going on in the world right now, but, but we are pushing forward. Um, it's not that we don't believe all lives matter. Of course we do, but this is just empowering the black people to elevate their level of consciousness and spirituality to a higher level. So again, www.blackexperienceclothing.com check them out and round of applause to the owner of black experience clothing for allowing well for representing us let me say that (laughs) so let me jump back over all right now without further ado uh, all right yo what's that what's that episode uh hey arna 
episode. Yeah, that, that was dope. That together. was dope. I'm going to give myself a round of applause for that because I didn't think I can hold that note. Yeah, I deserve oh that. Oh, my God. I deserve that. Yeah, I gave myself a round of Please. applause. I always wanted to do that. I can't right. stand that I can't control that button. <laughs> you can. I can pass you the mic. I want to. Yeah. Uh, it means you got to run everything. No, thank you. Okay, yeah, exactly. All right, this is my beautiful wife, guys, Queen V. She's in the building with me, and she is going to be my co-host throughout these episodes. Y'all, this series has been dope. I've been getting some major, major, like, comments on this, like, oh, man, I love it. Like, people have been coming on YouTube. Uh, somebody actually said, and I wish I would have brought it on the screen. They was like, yo, when y'all said one size fit all, I was a little uh, <laughs> scratching my head. I was like, oh, my God, no, man, not not that not that one size fit all we're talking about oh, no, that's what <laughs> right they was thinking about the other size that was like no 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 not that we're talking about relationships and it was like ah i like it i get it i get it so anyways guys i asked a special person to come on the show and i'm just gonna give you a brief synopsis of how i found her basically in the podcast world there is a world of podcasts out there and i was just searching right and i saw this young lady giving these inspirational quotes and different things and she's from the h so we lived in the h for like eight years right before we ten. moved to miami 10 years for you eight years for me before we actually moved to miami um and she had some friends of mine on which she doesn't even know this because i didn't get a chance to tell her <laughs> but uh yeah shout out to my homeboy nick uh his brother for um yeah she's shaking her head down in the green room she knows exactly who i'm talking about so yeah man they're they're really good friends of mine um and uh we were all out in the h hanging out working out and stuff together uh i shot some some videography episodes for them so awesome man so ladies and gentlemen without further ado Welcome in, Miss Brittany Noel. How are you doing today? Hey, Brittany. Hey, I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys? Oh, well, we're great. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's and I, yeah, I did not know that uh, you knew Nick and Alfred. Yep, Nick and Alfred, the whole fam. That's that's one yeah. hustling family. You hear me? Like. Yeah. They some hustlers. Let me go ahead and give it another round of applause on them because they're dope. Um, really, really great, talented people. Um, and I was happy that I saw that you had them on. Um, so, yeah, man, H-Town. Yes. H-Town. Are you from? No. I think, well, yeah, tell us where you're from. So how about you go <laughs> ahead and take the floor and you just tell us about yourself. You have the floor. Sure. So I am originally from Austin, Texas. So I'm not born and raised Houston, but I'm originally from Austin. Shout out to Austin. <laughs> I know. Living in Houston since 2011. Um, so I moved here for graduate school and I decided to stay. So this is where I call home now. Um, but outside of that, I am a therapist. I am a life coach for women. I am a um, entrepreneur, an author. Um, and that's new. I just released my, my first book in June. What? Congratulations. Congratulations. Add the author to my name. Yeah. <laughs> You're an author. You're an author now. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's what I do. Wow. That's beautiful, man. Um, mm -hmm. so let me ask you a question. Like, uh, first of all, another round of applause for you on that. Like I, I didn't know author either. Like I was, I was reading all the titles and I was like, Oh, I didn't know author was in there. Well, yeah, that's really great. What inspired you to write? I mean, you're a clinical therapist and mm -hmm. 
and we talked a little bit in the green room about how we share similar feels and right. that's kind of what made me want to launch the podcast because of the amazing conversations that I have around the country talking to these therapists and these doctors and stuff so can you talk talk about that a little bit like what right. made you want to get into writing well the writing you know it, it came as a consequence of working with the women that i work with so my background is working as a therapist um, fresh out of school i went to md anderson um and from shout MD out to anderson, md absolutely um but from md anderson i went into the va um hospital here in the medical center and I've done trauma treatment as a therapist my entire career. So from working with patients who are at end of life to moving into veterans who um, the only veterans that I worked with served in Iraq and Afghanistan. So these are combat veterans who have served in war. And, you know, the, the intensity of that type of therapy that, take, that it takes in order to do that successfully, um, you know, I had to be on my P's and Q's quite a bit of the time. And I kind of, in contrast, I started working with women on the weekends, because uh, I've never been known to have just one job. So <laughs> on the weekends, I would go into inpatient psychiatric centers, and I would work solely with women. And in one weekend, they would start with me on a Friday, and we would end their treatment with me on Sunday. And just seeing their transformation from Friday to Sunday, just kept, it blew my mind every weekend. Wow. And that was where I was getting my wind from. And I was learning that the women who were coming into these centers, you know, they were struggling with depression. They were struggling with anxiety. But I was looking at just the issues that were in their life. And a lot of it was they didn't have the skills that they needed to be successful in the first place. Mm. And, you know, them coming in with depression, it really wasn't a chronically diagnosable depression. It was a situational depression, meaning they didn't have the tools to build the lives that would give them a, give them fulfillment and give them happiness. Therefore, they act out in ways that make their lives worse. So my job that whole weekend was to just give them skills to take back with them when they leave the hospital. And that's where the book came from. Wow. So, the that's book is, is, is about equipping women with the skills they need to gain confidence in themselves in order to build the lives that they want and to really face off with adversity and not go running every time that you become afraid, every time you're disappointed, but how to, you know, stay in the fight and win and then come out of it. You know, I'm a Virgo, so I'm extra sometimes. But, <laughs> but I'm always about, you know, yes, I want you to recover, but I want your recovery to be so transformable. I want people to not even recognize you when we're done. So the book is about getting that confidence back and really getting your glow back and tapping into the parts of you that you didn't even know were there so that you can shine at your highest level. Wow. That That's sounds amazing. Yeah. That's really Do you have anything you want to ask her about that? Cause especially about the book. Do you have anything you want to, well, how was the process? As, like you have the idea, you have the concept, you have the audience that you want to serve, but then like, how is the entire process of getting published? How was that? Um, well, I self-published, meaning I did it all myself. Um, I would say the hardest part was um, actually writing, <laughs> <laughs> writing the book in a way that required transparency. Mm. And um, that you know, my followers know that my, my, my greatest point of contention has always been being transparent and I'm great at teaching it because it's something that I truly had to learn how to do because I'm someone who, who's very, you know, I like to be by myself. I don't like to put my business out there in the world. 
And in the book, chapter one starts off with a part of my life tell, telling a story. And I use that one story throughout the entire book, and, but it's the story that captures everybody's attention. And it took me four times to write the book solely because I was trying to write it without putting that story in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can understand And, that. you know, it, during that time, like I would post in my stories about how I'm like, okay, like, you know, you pray about something. <laughs> I know that this is what I was supposed to do, but I was like, okay, well, let me write it this way. And the first time I wrote it, I wrote it in complete third person. Like I made up these characters and gave them names. And my best friend read it and she was like, so I'm just guessing this is about you and your life. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no, I mean, maybe. That's what best friends do. (laughs) Shout out to the best friends. (laughs) Yeah, best friends will call me on it when when I'm hiding. So, you know, and that's the whole point of the book is to teach women that you don't have to hide from, from, from any part of your life. Everything was there for a reason. Um, but this is how you come back from it. And this is how you transform because of it, you know? And so everyone who reads the, the book, literally, once they read chapter one, they're hooked um, okay. because it's, it's that real. And a mm. lot of women can see themselves in that story. Wow. Well, drop and, the name of the book. I mean, because we didn't get it. So, we you know. <laughs> but they have my copy. Hold on. Yes, it's made for this. Hold on. Let me put right you on here. the screen. Give me a second. So it's on Amazon if you type in made for this, Brittany Noel, um, or if you just put my name in, it'll come up. But yeah, it's on Amazon, or you can go to my website, BrittanyNoel.com, and get the book. Awesome, Perfect. awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. And I'm hoping that the first chapter was received. Well, you said that it's like it hooks people, but then no one has come back with like, you know, how, how has your friends or family who are hearing these parts of you that they didn't know, how are they reacting to that? Oh, it's been hilarious. My, so again, when, whenever I go through, especially at that time in my life, when I was going through those things, I didn't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, there was really just one person who knew. And that's because I called them one day. and was like, Hey, if I go to jail today, I need you to come (laughs) get my credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but and it was like my mother read it and she called me and my mom was super protective and she's like, why didn't you call me? I would have come and get you. <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay, don't don't worry. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of people who were shocked because you know when you are a helper like I am and when you are you know the strong one, mm-hmm. no one really we, we get really good at hiding the fact that we're hurting. Mm. And we don't let people into the parts of our lives where they could be of a help and could be of assistance. Because even my sister was like, did that really happen? And I'm like, yes. Mm. And she and I talked almost every day and she never knew it. And so it's like showing people that it, one, one, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay for you to be in a situation that you may or may. And, and in that situation, I felt a lot of shame because I put myself in that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm. So when you feel shame behind a decision, you don't want to let other people know, oh, look at how I'm screwing up my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, and so there's this tendency to want to hide ourselves. But if you start that pattern early in life, you will continue it. And the more you hide, the less you gain in your life because you keep trying to minimize who you are. Therefore, the world yeah. never gets the, the best parts of who you could be. And you can't build what you can have because you only attract abundance through authenticity. Right. That is... And that's actually excellent that you're talking about vulnerability and um, transparency because Mm -hmm. today's uh, episode is about how much should you give during the first 120 days. And I think, yeah, there it is. Let me drop that Uh, air horn. 
So how much, you know, this is, I mean, how do you want to start this, Orlando? What is, what is the first question? Well, for those of you who typically tune into the show, you know how I do here, right? So this podcast is all about trying to build or level up the consciousness of the man, right? So we know that men have these, these issues. Well, I wouldn't say issues. We have great we have great potential, right? But sometimes we get bogged down with society and what they say uh, a man or with how they say a man should look or behave when it comes to meeting a woman or getting a job or having a career or being a business owner. It's a lot, right? Um, so I created this platform to bring balance, right, from the feminine and the masculine as aspect, right, to liberate the man. Now. With that said, Miss Brittany, everyone that comes on the show, I always ask them to do this for me. Mm -hmm. And this may be a little bit of a twist, right? But I definitely want to know, and I'm sure there's some men out there that want to know. Now, there is no wrong answer, okay? It is your experiences, okay? <laughs> now, the question is, how would you, as an entrepreneur, I don't know if you're single or not, we'll get into that later, black African-American woman, define manhood if you're african-american which we got to get into that too so <laughs> yeah could you define manhood for us just based on your experiences what i think manhood should be or how i how i perceive no it i want to know how you perceive it to be in this current moment mm. Mm. i would say for me, manhood is about um, strength, responsibility. Um, manhood is about building legacy, um, protecting. And, you know, I think what's new for our generation is that the expectation of manhood is emotional intelligence. Um, in order to be a leader, um, that I do feel like masculine energy is a very, it's, to me, it's a leading energy. And in order for you to lead effectively, you have to have a certain level of emotional intelligence and compassion in order to be a great leader. Um, so for me, manhood would be defined as in, in terms of being a great leader who is emotionally intelligent, compassionate, um, a protector. What else did I say? <laughs> that's great that's really really great and it was well thought out i appreciate that so everybody that comes on the show I always asks them right and it's crazy because everyone that tunes in and if you by the way by the way guys if you are watching live which i have a couple people in here definitely comment down below and let us know you're here because you guys are being kind of quiet uh and leave us your definition of manhood down below and we will bring it on the screen and talk about it but yeah so everybody that i asked to come on the show always i always ask them to define manhood and it's crazy because everyone defines it differently it's it's, mm -hmm. it's really crazy but at the end of it it's still pointing to something within the man that the man has to find on his own journey right so mm -hmm. the way i define manhood is just the embodiment of y'all right every aspect of life you're aware of it uh, you may not be the best at it, but you're aware of it. So you can be attention to detail as you maneuver through life. Um, you know, you won't be overwhelmed by all these different things that you're just throwing your way, so on and so forth. So with that said, that was a beautiful definition. Do you want to add anything to that, Queen? No. I think that's okay. a good definition. All right. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So with that said, we asked Brittany to actually handle how much of 
yourself you should give during the first 120 days now this 120 day rule is talking about what happens from the moment that guy or girl approaches you and says yo what's up my or hey can you help me lift these weights or however people do it these days oh, wow. <laughs> right because women be finessing too let's not get it <laughs> twisted right so <laughs> so it, it starts there and then from there day one all the way up until 120 days we want to break down what needs to happen and so what better person to bring in than Brittany to talk about these topics now we do have a lineup here and we're going to try our best to follow this lineup. But as we get into this conversation, it gets really good. So we may ask other questions here and there. Uh, so first of all, if you don't mind answering this and you have a right to say no, and I will not be mad. We're all grown folks here. Okay. What is your current status? Are you single, married in a situationship? Rather not talk about it. Where are you? I'm single. Single, okay, that means single and currently not mingling or single and possible, maybe. Single and, you know, enjoying enjoying singleness. Okay, that means step correct. If you come, <laughs> that means you better come with that fire. That's what that means. All right, fellas, just a heads up on that. All right. Okay, so. Uh, Brittany, I think, like, you know, the main topic is how much of yourself should you give? And you shared that you're a Virgo, so you must have recently had a birthday or... Happy yeah, birthday. Or you have, it's, it's coming up. Yeah. When was your birthday? August 27th. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're in August, oh, wow. uh, Virgo. They're a little more calm than September, I think. <laughs> um, but, okay, so you, you say you struggled with being transparent or being as open, like an open book. Is that mm -hmm. just in the in your professional realm or like you know you don't want to share with your clients or is that just like an overall theme in your life with your um relationships whether romantic mm -hmm. or otherwise yeah so it was definitely an overall theme and i remember um uh, what i think it was 2015 i was actually i had started therapy with my own therapist because um i'm a huge advocate for therapy and i believe therapists should have a therapist but <laughs> either, <laughs> neither, nor there. But um, I remember I, we were like on session five and we had a great, you know, great session. And um, it, this session, you know, resulted with me in tears. And my therapist was like, oh, finally. And I was like, finally what? And he was like, uh, you're finally showing me the real you. And I was like, what do you mean? I've been here the whole time. <laughs> and he's like, no, you've been here, but you haven't been here. Mm. And that's common for a lot of people. And it's not really in what we talked about in that session is that it's not something that, that you do intentionally. It's not like you make a conscious decision to say, I'm going to hold back um, in building this relationship with this person. And this relationship could be in a romantic sense, a friendship, coworkers, clients, that it's not a conscious decision that you make that um, for women, especially in a dating sense, that many times the holding back can be a learned behavior. Mm. So I always tell my clients that who you are and what you were shaped to be, that idea of who you are today was formulated by the time you turned 12. So they wow. always give therapists a hard rap when they say, oh, you always want to talk about the past. You always want to talk about my childhood because you have by the time you're 12, you have already come to conclusions about who you are and how the world operates. 
And then you take those conclusions with you into adulthood and into every situation that you encounter. So the reason why I say it's learned behavior, because especially in the black community for black women, we grew up looking at single mothers who were guarded. Mm -hmm. we, we were taught how to love by single mothers who were guarded or women who had already had their own disappointments and had their own letdowns. And so we're watching them as models on how to love in a relationship. And so if I'm being taught how to love by a woman who's guarded, by a woman who's disappointed, by a woman who's hurt, I'm, I'm thinking that, oh, it's natural for me to not be transparent. It's natural for me to not give my all. It's natural for me to create conflict in relationships because that's what was taught to me. So for myself, when it comes to transparency, I learned how to not be transparent because I was raised by a community of women who were not comfortable expressing their emotions. And so I was taught, oh, you suppress it <laughs> and you deal with it. You know, mm. my, the women in my family, I call them Amazons because they were all single mothers <laughs> and they all did what they had to do. They handled their business. There was no excuses. When you got my mother was a single mother of five kids, you know, rent had to be paid. Kids had to be fed. So there wasn't this this cushion for her to have an open discussion about her emotions. You know, what was right. taught to me was mm. you suck it up and you keep moving. And so that's what I did. And so as an adult, I'm sucking things up and I keep moving. And this is where I talk about in the book where you have to learn how to process your emotions. Otherwise, you will hit a wall mm -hmm. eventually one day. Mm. And so in terms of relationships, it was new for me to learn how to show myself to someone, how to be authentic and transparent um, and for me, it wasn't a fear of rejection. I wasn't afraid of being rejected. For me, it was, but why you got to be up in my business, though? Right. <laughs> right. Why, do you, why do you need to know? Mm -hmm. uh, right? Um, it let them just, in. Uh, exactly. It's just a reluctance <laughs> to let them in. And, um, you know, one of the things that I learned when you, and it depends on kind of like, like I said, the background that you have, but the background I come from, you know, we have a very colorful family and <laughs> people have issues. And so my thing was, okay, letting too many people in life gets messy because mm -hmm. everybody comes with their stuff and I don't want to deal with your stuff. So I'm going to keep you on the outside. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it makes absolutely. sense. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're taking so it all in. We're like, Hmm, hmm. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Um, I don't know if you listened to our previous episodes, but uh, my wife and I, when we first met, she was definitely the, uh, she was the like, ah, let me uh, shut that down real quick. <laughs> but she came around. Um, I had to work. She made me put in that work. It wasn't I think easy. it's because he was, um, I think you're more emotionally intelligent than I am. And I was not, you know not only did I not like I just really had no care for that for sharing like there was there was to me it, was, it lacked purpose and I didn't understand that it's actually very purposeful in establishing relationships but to me it was like that's why like I didn't understand what what was the purpose of it I thought it was just like I don't need anyone's empathy I don't need anyone's you know pity so it was just it just lacked a lot of purpose for me or logic and so that's why I didn't engage and then there was not like I had a wealth of vulnerability playing out the right way so it was like not only do i not have evidence that this works i also have no logic to as to why i need to use it so i don't need to use it and so every relationship before orlando was um 
quite failed. Um, but, <laughs> and you know, and I would get the same feedback over and over, like you're emotionally unavailable. And I'd be like, correct, yeah, that's my strength in this relationship. Um, but, you know, I think you were persistent and then you overshared, Orlando overshares. And I think that that started to model. Like when we first dated, the first date, his game was baggage. It wasn't wanted, like the first date. It was it the was damn the, was, first date, Orlando. It was not he the wanted first to play date. Brittany. He wanted to play this damn thing. He goes like, hey, do you want to play a game? And I was like, sure. He was like, it's called baggage. And I was like, okay. And he was like, well, we each take turns, you know, stating what our baggage is. And I was like, fuck no. Like, get out of here. And so he started, and then I was just like, you know, like, oh, I have debt. And I should pay my college tuition at any point now. Like, I was saying real surface, real, like, everyone has this issue. And then he was just, like, vomiting out of the mouth. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, I got to, what's my next turn? What am I going to say? And then, yeah, eventually, and then I broke up with you, like, 24 hours later yeah, for making me tried. play that game. I was so pissed. I was she like, tried. why did you push me to express myself? I, okay, can I? Okay, so I saw something in her uh, that was unique to any woman that I had ever met, right? Um, as a man, we meet women all the time. Uh, some successful in their careers, some not. It's just it just depends on the man and the demographics and where he is, right? Uh, his his depends on his aggression and you know how he pursues her. Yeah, how he pursues her. So what I saw in her was this was this ability to to just care. I, so we we was sitting outside for like literally 20 minutes before I even like asked her for her number. Um, and so eventually when I'm getting a number, uh, we were on the phone and it wasn't the second date. It was more like we had been conversating for like maybe a couple, what, like maybe two weeks or oh, so. No, it was the first date. It was not the first date. It was, but neither here nor West Park. Anyway. It was too soon to be doing all of that. And so here we go with how much should you give of yourself during the first 120 days? So for Brittany, Brittany, how are, comfortable are you and what do you do during your first, like, meeting a person, like within your first three months? How much of yourself do you share? So, okay. There is no, <laughs> there is no right answer for any one person. I always... Right preface with that right because everybody's different we're all looking for different things and we're all in different stages of our growth so I don't believe that it's never too soon because if you get the the two people together who are in the the same stage of growth and they know that okay I'm, I'm not about the games I'm ready let's put the cards on the table to see if this goes where we mm. need it to go mm. for mm. those two people you know diving head first in it's not a problem it would if anything it helps the relationship so it just depends on the two people and the dynamics and you definitely got to know how to read the room because it's not for everybody right um you know you gotta you know dip your toe in to see how it goes but what i would say is is when it comes to transparency one of the things that that i practice okay the person who has had to learn <laughs> is you first have to ask yourself um when i'm getting into a relationship to to get to know someone new in a romantic sense the first question is am i ready Am I ready to be transparent? Am I ready to tell my story? And that means that you have to be emotionally healed, that you have to be able to tell your story from a place of a survivorship and, and not a place of a victim. So have I truly healed to the point to where, you know, I can, I can tell my story without fear of being judged because, hey, 
my story. When when you've healed, you're you're not afraid of judgment. You you realize it's just a piece of who I am, right? Mm-hmm. So the first question is, am I truly ready? You know, if if somebody gives me their truth and gives me their their vulnerability, am I mature enough to handle it? Am I healed enough to handle it? Can I bring positivity into this person's life, right? So the first question you first have to ask yourself is, am I in a place where I am emotionally ready to give someone else that piece of me? And that's being ready is the hard part. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because that, that means you have to heal the parts of you that are still broken. The parts of you that allow you to put up walls instead of create boundaries. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yes. So, a broken person, a hurt person will always use walls and call them and call them standards, right? Mm. Walls don't have doors. Walls don't have <laughs> entryways. Walls are walls for a reason. And typically they have guard dogs and snipers on the roof and they got barbed yeah. wire. Walls are designed to keep people out. So if you're still living life behind the wall, then you are not ready. Mm-hmm. So um, the second question you have to ask yourself is, am I willing? Now, willing means I have done my healing. I'm, I'm happy about who I am. I can own my story. I feel good about where I've come from. I, I'm to, to the place where I have purpose out of the things that I've had to recover from. And now the question is, am I willing to let someone in, right? So now I don't have a wall. I have my boundaries and boundaries come with the door. So the door is there, but are you willing to open the door now? <laughs> because somebody can come knocking, but you still have to make a conscious decision to say, I'm going to let this person in. Right. All right. Now, for somebody like, like me, I'm telling you, we open that door with our hands shaking. Okay. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing, but you know, I'm, I'm nervous about it. <laughs> right. So the question is, am I willing? And I always tell people, you can be willing and be afraid. You, you are allowed to be afraid and be willing just because you're willing doesn't mean that it doesn't take away the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but you, you have to be willing. So there are some people who are ready, meaning they have healed, but because they are unwilling, they are not ready to go into intimacy in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes. That makes um, and then the last question is, am I, uh, can I be open? So once I let them in and I say, Hey, this is me. Take a look around. The can I be open part is, am I am I willing to be an open book? Meaning that once I've allowed this person to come in, can that person ask me anything and I give them a real answer? Mm. And not does that real answer, 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 and does that real answer, can, can it be, I don't feel like sharing that? Or is that no. an indication? No, that... because that, that's unwillingness. Mm. <laughs> but is there... I don't feel like sharing means that I am unwilling to give you access to this part of me. And are there levels to that willingness? Or is that willingness just a, a blanketed, you have, you have, this is my house and you can go into every room. Or is it, this is my house, you can stay in the living room for right now. And maybe later you can see the bathroom. Right. And so you can set boundaries in that way, but you have to communicate those boundaries, right? And what I tell people is you have to be incremental in your giving. So I never advise for anyone to just jump into the pool head first and just give this person what what I advise, no matter how much you like this person or you care about this person or y'all may be vibing, is that especially if you come from a past where um, your your trust has been betrayed, right? Or you mm-hmm. have been taken advantage of or you have been hurt. The best way for you to give intimacy and transparency is in increments. Because if you give too much too soon, you're going to start overthinking and thinking, okay, I did too much. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have did this, right? 
So in increments means I give this person a little piece of me. I give them a small piece of me. And then I watch to see what they do with it. Mm -hmm. That is a big piece for a lot of people because you give too much of yourself. And before you know it, this person didn't handle that well at mm -hmm. all. So <laughs> they went back and told so-and-so what, what you said. And they went back and did this with it. Or they used it against you, right? So mm -hmm. I tell people, give them a bite-sized piece of you and see what they do with it. Because after time and time of you keep giving them bits, bits and pieces, you're gonna learn, oh, now I can trust them with the larger parts of me. Now I can trust them with the, the parts of me that are in the back closet over there, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So in order for you to trust yourself, and, and you can set boundaries around that. So so what I would say is, what in contrast to what you said, no, I don't, I, I don't feel comfortable telling you that. My answer would be, you know, it, that topic is very difficult for me because of my past and what I've been through. I, I won't tell you the whole story, but I'll tell you this part. Hmm. Okay. Oh, Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. And it lets the other person know, hey, that, that's, a, that's a hot spot for me. That's a tough part for me. I'm not comfortable. You still have to earn access to the full part of it. And I'm not blocking you. I'm still giving you some sort of access. So this person knows that I'm not too guarded to where I won't let them in, but this is how much I'm going to give you. And based on what you do with that is what dictates whether or not you get the full story eventually. In that first 120 days, the reason why we go in and we get hurt um, early on is because we've created this idea of who we think this person is going to be. Right. And instead of being open to get to know them, you know, we go in with this idea of, oh, he's a, he's a nice guy, he's a giver, he's a lover, he's a, he's a spiritual guy. We've made up in our minds who this man is before we got to know him. So now that he's showing us who he is, it's it's um, challenging the picture that we created of who he is. And so now it's creating internal conflicts because I've convinced myself that he's this thing that I want, but he's showing me something different. Ah, so that's beautifully said. Right, and this is the reason why most people overshare because in your mind y'all are already walking down the aisle so in your head you talking to the man that you finna marry so of course you're gonna <laughs> let him into places that he hasn't shown that he can you know value yet right and you know it's crazy because a lot of times guys don't really like to be questioned too much um in the beginning right they mm -hmm. feel like they are um they feel like if if a if a woman acts is asking them too many questions too soon uh basically it's like oh no she she's crazy <laughs> right, right. because well a lot of that comes from men not being emotionally aware of their feelings and their emotions um a lot of times if a woman is asking too many questions she is truly interested in you well we've been taught as men that you know hey run from her you know she want too much from you uh you know you you need to like play the field and different things like that right so that's one yeah. of the things that we learned early on as men in the barbershop or just talking to our uncles or whatever right it's like a common yeah. conversation that we have now i want to shift gears a little bit because i want to ask you a question about uh the way a lot of women think today when it comes to their careers so in this modern society what i've found is most women are more masculine in thought not meaning that like like i'm stronger than you right i'm just saying like they have prioritized their careers their accolades things that they've accomplished they've worked hard for and a lot of times, especially in the, in the black community, I just have to say this, you know, we're raised with single parents home. I myself was raised by a single mother. And so that was my upbringing. And so 
since we have similar stories, right? What is your perspective on the women of today, more modernized women, being a little bit more, paying a little bit more attention to detail as far as their careers and them prioritizing that? Can you speak on that just a little bit? Um, I mean, one, I think it's necessary because, you know, one, I mean, I Virgo. So Virgos, we are very career driven. So I try to balance my, <laughs> because here's the thing. One I, one, I will say that in today's world, I mean, it's very hard to live off of one income anyway. So this whole right. idea of women being the homemaker and being able to stay home and take care of the kids. I mean, you can do that, but Ooh. building generational wealth is going to be very difficult. Yeah, um, it's, that's, it's a, that's, a, that's a hot button. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, we was going to get into that with you later. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I mean this, and this is why I said there, there's no one answer for anyone. So yes, you can take that model. But like I said, if, if your goal is, to, it always depends on what, what is the goals of, of our family? What, is the, what are the goals of our relationship? What is the whole point of our union? So when I hook up with you, I, I have to know, and I think I said in, in another video that one of the reasons why um, the divorce rate is so high is because people get married before one, they figure out who they are mm. and be before they figure out what their purpose is. So once they figure out those things, you know, when you when you identify what your purpose is, it, it lights this fire in you and now you want to go chase it. And for a lot of women, we have been given permission to go chase our, our, our fires, right? To go chase the things that give us purpose. And so when you have a woman who's clear about what she is, when you enter her life, you have to be able to enter and add value. Does, mm. does that make sense? Yeah, definitely so, makes sense. Because the same way, you know, I can't ask a man to sacrifice the things that, that give him drive and give him focus and give him, you know, fulfillment. It's unfair for you to ask me to do that just because I'm a woman as well, mm -hmm. you know? Right. And so the, the best unions is when our purposes are in sync, our values are in sync, the end goals of what we want for this relationship complement each other. And that way, we can build a union behind chasing that goal, which in, brings us closer. We're now teammates instead of opponents trying to trying to both solve individual goals within a, within a marriage. Does mm. that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, that was um, that was an interesting take, and I actually like that. But believe it or not, there are some women out there that still cleave to that. It's it's like they want to be the stay at home mother, right, or the stay at home wife, uh, with the benefits of building this this wealth that you spoke about. But we live in such a fast paced society where things are so much more expensive than they were in the 1960s or 1600s. I mean, it's expensive. We live in the city of Miami, Florida, and it's 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 a lot. Right. Uh, and in Houston, we lived in Houston for a while as well. You know, it's it's definitely tough. Um, do you want to piggyback off of, I, some I, of what I she miss, said? I apologize, Brittany, but it has been handled. As I told you, today has <laughs> been a beautiful day. Um, <laughs> but I missed the beginning part. Right. No. So I just asked her to speak on the shift in consciousness as far as how a lot of women today are much more masculine in thought where they prioritize mm -hmm. their careers. And she was saying that, well, in today's modern society, in order to build generational wealth, it would be better if both the man and the woman were working together as a team and building together. Right. So that's like in a summary of kind of what she said. She said a lot more, obviously, but um, that's kind of like the overview of what, what she talked about. And you and I have had this discussion before. Do you want to share a little bit 
on that? Well, my take is that we're coming from a generation of women who did the domestic route and we were raised by those women and we have seen the fruits of those labors and we we're not 100% sold on what that looked like or whether we wanted that to be part of our lives. And I don't think, I think we had a lot of women who, you know, put all their eggs in the marriage basket, who did the be submissive, the follow whatever your religious beliefs are telling you to be as a woman. And, you know, fast forward, whether that ended in a divorce or as a single mother or that ended with a heartbreak or with a marriage where the man continues to do whatever the hell he wants to do and you're just sucking it up because you didn't have that backing of your education or your career to say, you know what, enough is enough. I can really go off by myself and I have the autonomy and and the freedom to kind of live my own life. I don't have that autonomy back in the day. I don't, those women who raised us didn't have that. And so I think that they raised us understanding Understanding their limitations and we're like you, what one thing you're not gonna do is depend on a man to free you so you're gonna get your education you're gonna get your money you're gonna have your separate account and you're gonna and they build that part of us so well that we have now we're now demonstrating it so i don't think and then with in and of itself like even if the even if the moms didn't have a terrible experience the men in our lives have given us enough evidence and proof that we shouldn't put all our eggs in that basket and so yeah we have gone forth to you know follow our career and i don't think that that dismisses or negates um the parts of women who want to be moms and who want to be wives i don't think but i think that we have given it equal importance to be ourselves and to be and i think i i i mean hell i don't even have your last name so i just feel <laughs> like you just have to be yourself you have to be because the world gives women so many titles whether that is in building somebody else's job or or business or building a family it's like like be a wife be a mom be uh you know a secretary be a supporter be like titles and titles and titles and it's like what's my name can my name be a title like can i just be myself and i think it takes a lot to teach that and once you you know once you learn that you're like no one's taking that away and i think like there's a saying that says a drunk man who falls off his horse on the left-hand side will more than likely fall off his horse on the right-hand side. It's because you overcompensate so much because you know what's on the left that you trip up on the right. So I think that motherhood and wifedom and all that shit was on the left, and we swung so far to the right that we're like, F all of that. You can keep that. I just wanted my career. And I think eventually we're learning how to straddle that horse and be like, oh, I can have my career and I can have my family and I can kind of ride this balance and I don't have to give one up for the other, but it takes time to learn how to ride that balance is my take on that. And I think I have two comments to that because that that is 100% correct. And I think two things happen when women became more masculine in our thought and our identity. And the first thing is that when we became more uh, masculine and we shifted into that, that that you know, grinding mentality and that go get it and build it, build it yourself. Don't wait for anybody to give it to you. When we did that, um, it put a demand on men to tap into their feminine qualities, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> which is now the emotional intelligence. Because now I don't need you to 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 give me financial security. I don't need you to give me a roof over my head. I don't need you to make me feel secure or protected in this way. But what I do need from you is for you to be um, able to attend to my emotional needs. I need you to be a good listener. I need you right. to know how to make me feel desired and know how to make me feel valuable. And all of that is, is the part of 
part that women we strive we we're that's what we do all mm-hmm. day every day right <laughs> so now they're having to learn how to you know develop themselves holistically because being able to put a check on the table doesn't cut it anymore mm-hmm. so I think that if anything, that's one of the things that that society has the biggest problem with is now. Now we do have a a new, um, and they, I, there's a book on it. They call it the modern man. We we have a new desire of what this what the ideal man would look like, and a lot mm-hmm. of the qualities that we've had it are those emotional qualities. Um, and then the second thing that happened, and this is one that I'm passionate about teaching on, and men when I post videos on it, oh man, the men are in my comments like, yes, yes. <laughs> But I tell women is that in your career, in your business, when it comes to to building your empire, be as masculine as you need to be to get it done, okay? But when you come home and in that bedroom, you need to know how to shift back into your feminine energy. When it comes to communicating with your king, when it comes to talking to him and and y'all solving problems, that there has to be a shift. Because when it comes to our men, our our power is not in our masculine energy, it's in our feminine energy. So Mm. if you want to be influential if you want to be able to turn the head of the king you have to know how to do it from a place of your heart right that's the reason why they chase women in the first place is because that's a piece of us that they cannot generate themselves they struggle to generate it so they come to us for that hardship where he may have headship but Mm. i have hardship and so a lot of women struggle in the romance department because they don't know how to shift between masculine and feminine That divine balance. I talk about it all the time. Um, so yeah, I let you guys have y'all a little segue moment in there. So I'm gonna go ahead and put my little my little thing in there, right? So I agree with everything both of you said. I think you both were dead spot on. Um, and I'm a man. I I like to define myself as emotionally a, a, an emotionally intelligent man. Yeah. Uh, to where I can understand that, uh, like you say, when I come home, I realize I need to pay attention to more than what. Or much more than what my wife says, but how her body language is, if she's slumped, and you know, just paying attention to like the little detailed things um, throughout the day. Uh, but this is what I have noticed because you guys talked about the pendulum swinging from left to right, right? Uh, that seems to be the way Mother Nature works, right? There's this feminine and masculine energy that kind of roams around the world. And this is what I'm beginning to notice. And let me just put this disclaimer out there I don't agree with this, but. These men who used to be the ones who, you know, ran everything, um, you know, they pretty much brought home the money. All the woman did was provide them babies, cook and clean the house. They've now defined and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel that they've defined themselves now as these high value men where they don't like a woman who has placed them their careers and accolades in front because they're not they're not connected to that. Like you say, they're looking for the heart. They want more of the heart. And most women don't know how to balance that. Like you say, she can come off as more masculine in thought, meaning that, hey, you know, I'm, this is what I'm bringing to the table. What are you bringing to the table, right? Uh, most men who are well off in their career looking for someone they can, you know, that's a little bit more delicate. So how do you guys feel about that? And I know it's going to be kind of crazy, but I definitely want to want to get your feedback on that. Well, who goes? Like, I don't care who goes first. No, so. go <laughs> looking, you say that they're looking for the women who can share their heart, right? But, and this is one of when I teach feminine energy, this is the the main critique I get, the pushback I get from women, is when I show him my heart, if it's not what he wants, meaning, mm-hmm. you can't t- pick and choose which parts of me you want. 
-hmm. So when you, when I show you my heart, I have to be authentic. I have to be vulnerable. I have to be transparent. So showing my heart means I please you and I take care of you, but I can't cut off the parts of my heart that says chase your purpose. I can't mm. cut off the parts of my heart that says, you know, my what I do, I, I build up other people. So if I hook up with someone who says that, you know, your family needs to be your priority, I need to be your priority. Yes, you, he will be my priority, but there will be times where I have to go and serve the world because that's my purpose. Mm. So am I supposed to choose between you and purpose now? So, and this mm. is why I said, you have to get with the, the person who can who can look into your heart and, and there has to be, we have to have singular goals in our purposes. If there is not a um, consensus between the purpose of our relationship, he will always feel as if I'm putting other people before him because he can't see that this is purpose, that she's supposed to do this before mm. she comes home to me. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. And when I think about that, the couple I think about that is Sarah Jakes, Roberts, and Torre. Mm. And I literally, um, I went, when she came to Houston, and she posts this on her Instagram all the time, but she was speaking on stage, did a wonderful performance, and at the end of the performance, literally ran into his arms. And I was mm. like, that to me, when I tell you, like, I have saved that video, because <laughs> for me, and what I do, the fact that I have to be in front of people, serving people all the time, the, the man that's for me understands she has to do this. Mm -hmm. And when she's done, she will come running back into my arms. But it doesn't mean that I put anything before you. And so is, is he, because you said val high value, is he high value enough to understand that, pur that purpose for himself and myself is crucial into our relationship building what it is that we have to build on this earth? Mm, absolutely wonderful queen do you have anything you want to ask because i know you was going to say something off i the think brandy was very thing. generous uh with those <laughs> men and uh, quite kind i don't think that those men are anywhere near even having those types of discussions with themselves or with others i think that if you call yourself a high value man i'm already like that's already problematic to me and i think that they are they they feel threatened by a woman who's making the same as him and who lack, who has just as much as power as him and is looking at him like, um, yeah, and you were saying. And so they feel like now they, they make these podcasts and these videos and they call themselves high-value men and they teach women how to be feminine and sweet and nice and presentable. And uh, girl, I don't we'll, know. We'll talk about it off I the show. I actually don't think that they're into women. Really, my opinion is that they're into each other. But... um. They are just, you know, they just feed off of this energy and you'll see them in their chats and they're talking to each other. Yeah, that's the type of girl I need. I need a girl. And it's just like, I don't I don't think that's what you first of all, it's not what you need. And second, and I don't even think it's what you want. I think it, I think that you just want someone that really uh, esteems you and looks yeah. up to you and thinks that you are God's gift to her. Um, evidenced by the fact that you call yourself a high value man and you have no concerns about her value or about what you know what she's bringing to the table i really do think that you just want to cookie cutter and like make her cater to you and i think that those men are are red flags to me at the end of the day it's about the mentality of the man right uh the the man he has to be in a mental state of being we can call this emotional intelligence again if we want to um but he has to be mentally in tune with where he is currently and he has to learn how to accept where a woman is at that current time especially if you're going to pursue her the issue is with this with all these new definitions i can go on and on right there's the red pill the blue pill the purple pill the high value there's there's a whole bunch of pills out there that that men are taking to 
in my opinion, I feel like it's just it's just a mask that they're wearing to hide the internal damage that they have. uh, And they are overcomplicating these men's lives because men are listening to these other men break down what they should be doing in order to get a woman. When in reality, women such as, you know, my wife and yourself and you guys are basically emotionally secure within yourselves, it's going to be difficult. And it's going to be even more difficult, not just for women that are single, but men that are single that think that they need to do all this extra stuff when you just need to be yourself. I put my hand on the cutter if those men are not dating girls in their 20s, early 20s. Those men who want to high, who call themselves high value are dating probably really young women who right. who are just entering date land and, and womanhood and are not even fully aware of who they are in their entirety and are and are succumbing to these ideas that these men are giving themselves, which are all based on a an, an incredible amount of, of insecurity. Yeah. I feel like I don't I don't I know a lot of people whether you know, financially successful, you know, business, career, whatever the case may be, and very rarely do they describe themselves as high value. I mean, Brittany, you didn't walk up in here talking about I'm high value, y'all. Let me tell you right quick how high value I am. <laughs> like, no, your your right. work and so, your ethics speak to you. Know, like, I don't believe, I don't have an issue with you calling yourself high value. I, I don't have an issue with that. <laughs> but... <laughs> The definition is what I would ask you. Like, well, how do you define high value? Because you have every right to. I, I want you to think of yourself as a high value person, but but one of the red flags that, that I tell people to look out for when you just think about what relationship is and what love is and what union is and the purpose of it, it's about what you are able to give, not what you want to receive. So when I, you know, speak with guys and they're all, well, I want this and I want this. And, and they have this long list of things they want. And then I ask them, I said, well, what are you bringing to the table? What do you have to give for everything that you want? How are you measuring up to what it is that you're asking for? When they come up blank. <laughs> Red flag. And I, it's because you want, you want the woman to be your, your um, judge, uh, judge Tolbert says it the best. You want her to be your installed impl- appliance. You mm-hmm. want her to be the emotional regulation in the relationship. You want her to be the communicator. You want her to be the problem solver. You want her to fill fill these um, vacancies as if she's an employee in your life. Mm-hmm. But in order to cultivate a relationship based on love, based on something real, based on something that can be sustained and maintained over time, you have to ask yourself, what am I able to provide and to give? Because if you hook up with the right woman, that woman will be a giver herself. Mm-hmm. You know, one one of the, the toughest conversations that got me out of a horrible relationship, um, which is the one in the book. <laughs> but I, I simply said, you know, we were talking about different scriptures. Um, one of the scriptures in Ephesians about how, you know, don't get, I'm going to quote this all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I know you don't know it word for word. <laughs> but it was basically saying that you know each each person has to have the other person back and we watch for swords or whatever and i told him i was like you know i'm watching but it seems like somehow swords keep getting dug into mine but be the one watching mine Mm -hmm. and so when you are so focused on what you're getting you're not focused on protecting the person that of the back who's who's watching you and taking care of you Mm -hmm. so that tells me one you're not ready you're not ready for, for the relationship. You're not ready for vulnerability. You're not ready for transparency. No one is safe with you if you don't understand what you bring to the table in that relationship. Wow. 
that's beautifully said and i agree 100 percent um and so that made me think about like and we're about to get ready to hit the top of the hour guys so uh, excuse me for those who don't know we try to go about an hour and we're close to it but i want to say this the conversation is really getting good um it makes me think about you know the conversation we had last episode where we gave uh, these four pillars right so we talked about like these four primary pillars that we can utilize which is communication trust um communication trust healing and um was it communication trust healing and transparency uh as a four-part pillar and just the standard overall approach to anybody dating um so if we if we were to break that everything you just said down in like a percentage right so we know that we want people to bring value um, to the table, if we had to break that down in a percentage, would it be based on the person or is there like a four core principle way of breaking down what is high value outside of someone just saying, oh, I'm high value, look at me, right? Is there like a core principle to that? I think I, I would I would treat that as it being a uh, case by case. I think that you define it for yourself what that value is, what is your value that you're carrying. I don't think you should give that I don't think you should give that definition to anyone else but yourself, but I also think that the person receiving should, like, to see if they're compatible with what you deem to be valuable. I think from the podcast that you have shown me about the men who call themselves these high value men, and I repeatedly point out to you that what they are deeming as value is their um, income because of how many times they mention it. I, you know, that's probably not compatible with me, but could be completely compatible with someone <laughs> else who really is into like financial security. And I don't think right. that that's bad. I just think it's the pairing that is bad. I think that me getting paired with that person is going to be problematic. But that person getting paired with someone else who feels like, let's get our money, then that's awesome. And you just have to be clear about this is the value that I bring, this is the value that I want to accept. And then, hmm. I, I would say that, yeah. High value is defined by, by the person, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what they're looking for. Um, but I would say that if you're looking for something that is real, that is based on, you know, love, honor, respect, <laughs> if you want something based in, in those values, um, I would say the, the first, it's so hard to, four things of value. Um, first would be his vision. Always start with a man's vision. Because if he's expected to be the leader, you have to know what, what is the vision he has for his life and know where he where he fits a woman into it. Not you, okay? Not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but where he fits a woman. Because a man's vision will already have, a, he, he should already have an idea of where he plans to lead a wife or a girlfriend or whatever it is he's looking for, right? And then he just has to make a decision whether or not you fit the mold of what he's looking for. But if he has no vision of where he can lead a woman or a family, then that is, that's a red flag for you. So the first is make sure that, that a high value man to me, first of all, he has a vision before I show up. Mm. That's big. I'm going at all day. He should have a vision <laughs> for his life before I show up. Um, and then character, you know, does he keep his word? You know, does he follow through with things that he says he's going to follow through with? Does he have a, a creed or a code that he lives by, that he governs his life by? Um, and then intimacy. Does he have the ability? To me, intimacy and communication go hand in hand because we, we gain intimacy by the things that we communicate to each other. So does he have the skills to actually cultivate intimacy in the relationship? Um, yeah. And then 
the fourth one I think would just be like compatibility. Can we have fun together? Can we be friends? Can we yeah. laugh together? You yeah. know, because if you have those things, everything romantic, the lust and all of that will come after. Like, but if you can just have those four things, you know, you can build something based on something solid. Wow, that was beautifully said. I yeah. think that was nice. I like that. I um, so again, we've already went over the hour, guys, and I want to actually um, talk. And this conversation was getting so good. Um, yeah. So I want to read some of the comments here. Um, so we have it. From, we have a, a few comments here from Q. Uh, Q uh, I'm just gonna say Q. Yeah. Um, so we have. You don't have. You don't. You don't want to. I'm sorry. I can't read. Could you read that? You don't <laughs> want the woman away. to be your equal. You want her to be your washer and dryer. Um, then she put, that's what these high value and what I want and need type of men expect. And not only is nobody safe with them, they don't feel safe and secure with anybody. And wow. I think you're right. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Well, she and has one more. She put, uh, for her, one of them is, is there genuine chemistry? Her four, one of her four things would be, is there genuine, genuine chemistry, chemistry between that person? You know what? I think one thing that we overlook is attraction too. Like, you know, no one says, oh, look at the values on that guy crossing the street. So, yeah, he's, you know, he's values and he has all these stuff. But you also have to have a genuine, like, attraction to the person. Because I feel like that's. But I think that's, attraction. I mean, it's not all, but it's definitely important. Right. But I think attraction sometimes for, for a lot of people actually works inside out. Like they they find a person internally attractive and then they become sexually so. external. External. No. You don't approach Some someone people, because you thought they were going to be compatible with you. You approached them because they were fine. And then you figured out, oh, don't play that sound when you disagree with me. It's, you can't hear it, Brittany. But it's no, I'm not disagreeing with you. Plays. I think it's funny. That's why I played it. No, but I don't think uh, you approached me because you thought I was kind. No, I thought you were beautiful. Okay. But what so I'm therefore, saying is, you didn't come up to me talking about, I just think no, this but, has okay. a good heart. Let me explain. Can I explain really Go quick, ahead. Brittany? Ray, do you mind? Okay. So, all right. This is what I mean when I say it happens inside out. Men see pretty women every day, right? For those men who what I define as high value, which is character, uh, understanding, well put together, you have a vision, pretty much everything you say, right? Those men see pretty women every day. But that does not mean that they are attracted to them. It's something else. It's a divine thing. It's, you know, sometimes a man can see a woman, she looks good, she's pretty, she got... You know, I don't know if you if you're okay with us saying this, but she got nice breasts and big butt and all that stuff, right? And that's fine. But for a man who's more mature internally, he'll see her and be like, "Oh, she looked good, but she's not gonna work for me." So that's why I say a lot of times it's it works inside out. Yes, is there a physical piece to it? Hell yeah, I'm not saying that it's not, but we do have a tendency those who are eligible and marriage ready to view inside out i'm speaking to you as a man because i've been there right so yeah. we'll see the and beauty I, yeah i've had someone ask me like what what are the top five books that that changed my life and i'm like there's only one type of man who's asking me that question <laughs> one type it's very clear about you know you know pretty is pretty is not his his primary you Focus. know priority right. mm -hmm. um while of course it's icing on the cake but i think you know, when you reach a certain point where you really focus on, on building legacy, again, attraction is important, but you become way more attractive 
when when you support right. my dreams and my goals and you know you can you can talk to me about how you feel and you can you can stomach how i feel you know mm. uh, so I think at the I, end of I the see day, both points of view. Because I think both yeah. of you are correct. <laughs> yeah. I, I too. I don't want to say that your internal beauty wasn't there. It was. There. Yeah, obviously I'm ugly. Okay, so. but she I. Has you have to go grow into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can obviously see people. Um, you know, and there's people who are like beautiful, and then the more you get to know them, you're like, oh, they're yeah, empty. You, that that prettiness is oh, can yeah. only go so far. And right, then there's people that are not that attractive that yeah. you're yeah. like. Oh, but you know, like they're beautiful because you see their sh- their light. So I agree with that. I'm just saying, like I think sometimes, either in the church settings or even like when we become really holy and healed, we really try to push towards just like the intangible parts, and we forget that at the end of the day, you do still need to have attraction because you want to make sure that you you know you're yeah. not wondering. Now, there's no man. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. There's no man that will just see a woman sitting there, and if he if she's not the slightest bit attractive to him. He's just not gonna approach her. Like if if she's pretty and we see, oh, she's pretty. Let me just talk to her. I'm single. Why not? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the moment that she speaks to us, it's like, oh, she empty. I do think this. I do think men have like you guys have a really sixth sense about that. And I don't understand why you don't trust it more, or is it that you know that you have it and you still bullshit? Because I feel like there's a lot Where of friends that I have. Going? I have a lot of guy friends, and they know the. F- Five seconds between they meet a, a girl like this is not going to work or she's not the one or she's this or she's that and they can call it but yet they will continue in these relationships and they will continue to like you know just drag it along even though they made that call weeks ago and I check back in and I'm like oh you're still talking to her but like and they're like oh yeah I mean this you know we're working at it but I'm like you made that I don't understand and I think for women I don't even think we have that sixth sense that quickly I think we're good but I think you guys are like Really, if you can just get in tuned with that and like act out of that, and I think that that's why one of the pillars should be like, um, not just transparency. What is the word I'm looking for? Like, um, damn, I can't think of the word I said in the last show, but it's it's intent. Like, just be clear with your intent. I feel when you're when you're starting a relationship, so as to not drag something along that you already did not see making it to the end. And I think some men will prolong that for an incredible amount of time yeah they do and those men have not gained knowledge of self they're on the journey and they're trying to establish what that looks and feels like because we can't and that's ignore, why women need to be careful right the man's emotions because as you're as well. traveling along your path discovering i think that there's a lot of women that could be casualties to your discovery and i think women need to just be very clear about hey no let's I, be clear about this and i think that women also have to develop knowledge of self because we too can become casualties of the woman hurting the man and causing the man to spiral out of control so let's I keep agree. it balanced yeah, let's keep it balanced shout <laughs> out to the masculine and feminine <laughs> aspect of life guys we are over the top of the hour uh, Brittany, Nathan. you have been Brittany, amazing it was awesome talking to you yes Wonderful. you have truly been amazing and i feel like we've kept you past your time and i really really appreciate you i mean i hope this conversation was fun for you just as it was for us um yeah, bye. awesome and so really really quick before we go since you told us about your book i'm going to go ahead and share that website for everyone please guys if you want to get in touch with Brittany. Um, go to her website, BrittanyNoel.com, and search some of her content. I mean, like, she's doing great things. She's very balanced with her approach in life. She's out here trying to heal women and level them up to the next to the next level mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And uh, her book is called 
made for this right that's by Brittany noel and you can find that on amazon as well right just by typing in your name that's correct um Brittany. Yeah. awesome mm-hmm. she offers free trainings so on and so forth i mean on instagram you can follow her as well at Brittany noel that's right yep. okay cool yep. So you can find her there also check her out guys she's pretty dope she's a very nice person very humble down to earth and she's willing to help so again Brittany, thank you so much thank you Brittany. it was wonderful for having me i appreciate it yes no doubt and again guys for those of you who are tuning into the show make sure you go into my website which is uh the johnson podcast please do me a favor go there you can actually join into the live stream sessions through facebook or youtube by selecting the banners at the top of the screen here Uh, you can view all of my episodes as well everyone that i've already had just simply select this little uh this little play icon here and you can download uh that episode to listen in uh make sure that you also rate my podcast so i'm also going to ask my guests to do the same go to my website and select rate my podcast as a banner it's going to give you a quick survey in regards to the episode about what you thought about the content and just the overall professionalism so on and so forth this is anonymous so i will not know who's filling this out you guys make sure you do that for me and download those episodes again thank you guys so much for joining into the show this is your boy orlando j back with the o johnson podcast with my wife miss v co-hosting with me thank you so much and you guys have a great rest of your evening good night